Good morning, everybody. Pastor Paul here at Four Oaks Church. It is Tuesday morning. Let's see here, November 16th, 2021. So glad that you have joined us. We call this time Romans Rewind. We take 10, 15 minutes every Monday through Friday to unpack a portion of the book of Romans. And we are tracking right along with our sermon series on Sunday mornings that we are doing through Romans called Rags to Righteous. And so because Romans is such a thick book, incredible book, um, just packed with theological meat and truth. It's just not possible to get to all of it on a Sunday morning during the sermon. So we take this time to kind of unpack portions of it, things that we might wish we could have spent more time on, things we should have spent more time on. We, we unpack them here. We also take your questions. And so some of y'all have been doing that. Paul.Gilbert at fouroakschurch.com if you have anything you'd want us to touch on uh, during this time. So yesterday, we had kind of a preliminary or introductory discussion on the topic of peace. And peace is a, uh, a prominent um, subject here in the opening verses of Romans chapter 5. So let me read the relevant text for us, and then we'll dive in. Paul says, Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, that's the verse. And we've really been talking about what is peace? What does that mean to be at peace with God? And um, this is some of this is just review, but again, for those of you who weren't with us, peace with God for Paul is an objective reality. It's either something you are or you are not. You are either at peace with God you are not at peace with God. It's, it's an objective yes or no statement. It's not dependent upon how well you perform or if you obey today or not. Um, it is a reality for justified believers. And Paul has been making this point that God, we were, relationship to God, we were enemies of the cross. We were enemies of God. We were, there was a, a barrier, a wall of hostility but through Jesus Christ, that barrier has been broken down. We've been reconciled to God through faith, through the Son, uh, uh, Jesus' resurrection and death on our behalf. Kind of got tongue-tied there. But you get the idea that that, that that dividing wall between us and God was abolished by the death of Jesus. He rose from the grave, and through faith, we are now justified the, the, the benefits of his salvation righteousness have been now imputed or applied to us. And so um, while certainly the believer can, all of us who are justified can sin, and we can kind of find ourselves in and out of a sweet communion and fellowship with God, um, that's what sin does. That's why we have to have a regular past uh, practice of confession and repentance and turning to God. Still, our, we do that as children. We do that as family members. There's nothing that can change our status um, to make us, again, God's enemies. We are now fully reconciled to him. We are at peace with him. Now, we introduce this idea that there is a, certainly a biblical notion of this idea of peace that's more subjective. And, and that just means to what extent can this ob objective peace that that, that defines our status with God, how can it be effectively lived out and experienced? And that's, in that sense, subjective peace can go up or down, right? Depending upon if we're struggling, if we're anxious, if we're sinning, 
Um, this is why Paul commands us in Philippians 4, 7, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and the what? Peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now, the thing we have to consider um, is when we don't feel peace, what is the problem? What's going on internally with us that's keeping us from um, a lack of peace? Now, sometimes that can be a result of unrepentant sin. There could be something that God is, is speaking to us, to our conscience. There could be somewhere where the word of God is, is pricking our heart and God, God's spirit is, is, is challenging us. It's moving us towards faith and repentance. And we have to kind of work through that process of unrest as we bring our sins to God. That, that's a normal part of the Christian life. Just because we're at peace with God objectively doesn't mean that we won't ever have, uh, that we will always have subjective peace, okay? But by the same token, even if we don't have subjective peace, it may not have to do with whether um, there is sin in our life or not, okay? And sometimes we can have a lack of peace because of our immaturity or because of um, our lack of wisdom, or maybe we're just suffering. Maybe it's not that we're overtly sinning, but maybe we're just suffering through the brokenness of life and things are impacting us. But I thought of a good example of this um, was the story or is a story of Martin Luther. So Luther was a devout Roman Catholic monk and he followed all the precepts of the church and its teachings, but Luther was a tormented soul. If there was ever a man who had a lack of peace over an extended period of his life, it was Luther. He always felt like he wasn't earning God's favor, wasn't measuring up to God's standard of righteousness. And he would go through all sorts of, of ritual and practice in order to, to cleanse his conscience. He would confess his faith for hours upon end to these poor monks that were his fathers there in, in the monastery. And he would just, he'd spend four hours in confession and then would walk away and forget he, about confessing a particular sin. And it would begin all over again. Well, Luther was ultimately freed from that bondage, right? By learning what it means to be at peace with God. That ultimately we are at peace with God based upon Christ's work on our behalf. And that is an objective reality. And once Luther come to understand, came to understand this, he, his conscience was freed, right? When he fully understood the gospel. You see, it wasn't that Martin Luther was particularly weird or neurotic, although he was kind of those things. It was that he saw the logical conclusion of the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church and knew that he could not consistently live with them or up to them. And so, but the key, now here's the key, because we're all asking the question, Pastor Paul, is the unrest I'm feeling, what is the source of that? And Luther was asking that same question. And what Luther realized is that he was under a sense of false guilt, false anxiety, um, false conviction of sin, and that what freed his conscience was, in fact, the Word of God. And he came across, in fact, passages from this very book of Romans. Romans 1, the righteousness of God has been revealed by faith. Romans 5, 1, therefore we've been justified uh, by faith. We have peace with God. And it was as Luther came to understand the objective teachings and truths of Scripture that his conscience was freed from unrest. 
and he came to um, understand that his peace, objective peace with God, was never altered, okay, by how, how well he did or did not obey the rules, okay? His subjective peace would go up and down, but here's what happened. And, and this is the key for all of us. If we ever have a concern about why we are at unrest, sometimes we know why we're unre at unrest, right? Um, it's so, but if we're ever wondering why we're at unrest, why we're not experiencing peace, it is the word of God which must be the final arbiter for us. It must be the, the primary standard, the sole standard by which we take our concerns back to God. We could be like Luther. We could be neurotic about certain issues and anxieties in our life, and we come to realize, you know what? This isn't from God. Um, this is my own flesh. This is from Satan. Um, this is my own immature conscience. Um, this is... Uh, society's expectations for me that don't have anything to do with the Word of God necessarily. And by coming to understand that, we are conscious as freedom, we can have peace for our souls. Other times we might be feeling unrest and we know that God is working in us in a particular way. And the reason we know that is because His Spirit is bearing witness with our spirit as we study His Word, okay? As we as we come to, to see the objective truth of God revealed to us. Okay, so what, what do we learn from the, the, the pastoral situation with Luther? What we learn is that we have to be very careful what we conclude or assess about our lack of peace in our life, if that's indeed what we're experiencing. Sometimes it can be because of sin, absolutely. And we believe that when that's the case, God will make that very clear. He will make it very specific, and it will come directly from his word, right? It won't be this vague, nondescript sense of unworthiness and unrighteousness that Luther was experiencing. Um, it'll be very specific and very related to the word of God and its truth. Um, sometimes our lack of peace will, do, will, will have to do with um, our own immaturity, right? It will have to do with our own brokenness, our own, our own sense of fallenness. Remember what I said yesterday, that um, while all unrest or unpeace ultimately comes from, from sin, not all unrest or unpeace is sinful per se, right? Um, sometimes we are just suffering in our weakness, and this is why we cry out to God and He intercedes on our behalf. Um, and then sometimes, right, we need to have our thinking corrected by the Word of God. So really the, the overarching lesson for today is that, that we cannot ultimately trust our fallen selves, okay, our fallen consciences. We have to, we ultimately have to bring them under the standard of the Word of God. We have to be able to come to a place of evaluating our unrest and saying, hey, is there something here that God is trying to show me? Is there something that God is, is moving me towards? Well, if, if that is the case, it'll be very specific and it'll be very uh, much a function of what he teaches in his word, right? It won't go contrary to his word. It won't go around his word. If we don't learn to have the word of God as our, our primary objective measure for our conscience and our peace or unpeace, then we're going to be um, held in captive in bondage to our own emotions and feelings all the time. And ultimately that's not freeing. Ultimately what's freeing is when we are tethered to God, tethered to Christ and can acknowledge his authority in our lives. He's the Lord of our conscience and he tells us these things through his word. So uh, once again, 
we always want to be bringing these things back to the objective standard of the word because it's only it that we can, at the end of the day, ultimately trust, not our fallen sense of, of unrest. Okay, so I hope that makes some sense. If you have questions about that, you can email us, paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com. Otherwise, we will 